Welcome to the HR Chat Podcast, bringing the best of the HR and talent communities to you. Welcome to another episode of the HR Chat Show. Now, there is a lot of uncertainty around the future workforce and whether AI will replace humans. In this HR Chat episode, I'll be chatting with Alexandra Levitt about the exciting future world of work and human resources and several uniquely human skills that we should all still be developing and not fearing the robots. Alex is a business and workplace author, speaker, consultant and futurist. She's also the managing partner at People Results. Presenting at Hacking HR's HR Innovation and Future of Work global online conference and workshop on March 3rd to 6th. Alex will be addressing the topic of imagining the future of work and HR. For the foreseeable future, says Alex, humans want to interact with humans and therefore it is key for HR pros to nurture empathy and interpersonal skills. Alex, it's my absolute pleasure to welcome you to the HR Chat Show. Thanks so much for having me, Bill. It's really great to be here. What a superstar we have on today, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I'm I'm honoured. Uh, so, firstly, please tell our listeners a bit about your your career background and and your role at People Results. Okay, well, it's sort of an interesting story, and I'll try to sum it up relatively quickly so we can get to the good stuff in the conversation. But I got into this space, meaning the workforce management space, um, back in 2004 when I released a book called They Don't Teach Corporate in College. And the reason that I wrote that book was because the first few years of my career had been full of a lot of stress and pain because I hadn't successfully made the transition from college, from being a high-achieving student at university to being a successful business professional. And when I published that book, I started getting asked to do a lot of speaking around what was next for young professionals. And at the time, the millennials, the oldest ones, were just getting started in the workplace, and they were causing some disruptions. I don't know if you you remember back then, but uh, in the very beginning, we weren't really sure what to do with them. And so this was a topic I gradually developed an expertise in just because I kept getting asked about it every time I was speaking about the book. And I made some forecasts, as futurists, we, we call them forecasts rather than predictions, about where I thought these these young people would go in terms of their career development, in terms of the skills that they would need to have. And then that topic, as most of our listeners know, hit in a big way uh, a couple years later. Everyone wanted to know what were the millennials doing, how can we deal with them, <laughs> how can we help them succeed, et cetera. And so I got into the line of work of trying to help organizations determine what's going to cause disruption in the workforce. What are some of the trends percolating up that can really impact our ability to do work and business successfully on an everyday basis? And that is when I started focusing more on that. And then my latest book is called Humanity Works, Merging Technologies and People for the Workforce of the Future that focuses on uh, exactly that. And we can talk a little bit more about why I don't think humans are going to lose their jobs to machines, but that's an essential premise of the book. And really, I I have a very optimistic take on where our human workforce is going and what we need to do to prepare ourselves and our organizations. Now, in terms of people results, um, what I would like to share about that is that we have a, a firm that has a diverse array of 
talented professionals who have various areas of expertise around change management, human capital, communications, and we all work together to ensure that we are adhering to best practices, that we are sharing learning, and it really is a, a flexible, um, really rewarding model that I think a lot of organizations can learn from in the sense that it's not a rigid structure where everybody has their set role that they're they're doing and you can't deviate from that. And uh, people live in different areas and, and we do get together in person, but uh, really it is uh, one of those examples of a 21st century organization where we learn from one another and it's, it's really self-driven and an opportunity to engage and collaborate with people who have um, similar mindsets and similar areas of expertise. We'll be right back after this message from Espresso. When it comes to human resources, doing more with less while attracting and retaining rock star talent is how we're measured. And that's why Espresso built a web and mobile platform to help make heroes out of HR and people teams while enabling companies to tie the benefits of culture to positive business outcomes. Espresso.com is culture benefits reimagined. Looking to engage and ignite your people in measurable ways? Visit Espresso.com. That's E-S-P-R-E-S-A dot com. Now, in your most recent book, uh, Humanity Works, you, you outlined several skills that HR and leaders should be developing. Uh, I'd love you now to, to take some time and, and walk us through each of those, starting with intuition. Sure. Well, we can definitely talk about the individual skills, and then I can talk about why I think machines aren't going to be uh, capable of a lot of these. And intuition is really one of those skills that's very important for humans to hone because Sometimes just based on your experience or based on what we think is a, a gut feeling, you know what a, an answer to a problem should be. And anyone who's been in a situation where, you know, the data is telling you one thing, but you've just got this, you know, niggling feeling that you should go another way. And sometimes if you ignore that, you end up regretting it later. Well, as we know, machines are based on, on data. They are based on algorithms. So the problems that they are solving are purely based on the most objective recognition of the facts. And life is not always like that. The universe is not always like that. Sometimes um, things happen that are unexpected. And so it really is a unique human ability to listen to that little tiny voice inside that's telling you that you should go a different way. And I think most people can benefit from honing that because that's going to be something that, at least not anytime soon, machines will bring to the table. They, they just don't have that ability until they develop full consciousness, which may or may not ever happen, but it's certainly a long ways away. So intuition is, is a great example of something that really only people can do and really only people who pay attention to that feeling that's, that's inside them. And it's an intangible, but very important still. Okay, thank you. Uh, the, the the next skill that I'd love you to talk up to our listeners about is is judgment, and I, I'm I'm very keen to hear a bit about this one. Uh, I, I'm guessing there are some techies out there that could say, well, there are algorithms there or that are coming, which uh, may, may be able to to uh, allow for machines to to have as good judgment in the work environment as as human beings. What, what what's your take? Well, judgment is similar to intuition in, in that human beings who've had some experiences 
can look at situations from a more nuanced point of view instead of saying, well, the, the data says this and therefore that is the concrete answer. Um, a lot of times there are considerations with business problems like what's the ethical thing to do? What's the, um, the smartest thing to do for our reputation? And that may or may not align with what is best for the bottom line. And you have to look at all sides of a problem and that's where that judgment skill comes in. And my favorite example of this, Bill, I tell this story all the time because it's still so salient to me in terms of an illustration of this. And that's a few years ago. I don't know if you remember, but uh, a gentleman at O'Hare Airport, Chicago, which is where I happen to live, um, was pulled off an airplane because there were two flight attendants who had to take those seats um, because the algorithm had told the United Airlines staff that these people had to get from point A to point B. We don't care who you have to pull off the plane. This is what's best for the bottom line. And oh, the algorithm, that, that was terrible. I, I, I remember that. It was awful. Yeah, and the algorithm wasn't thinking about what's the impact to our reputation if we do this? What's the impact um, to our business overall, to our brand? And what is purely the human thing to do in this situation? We can't expect machines to have that point of view. They simply aren't going to. So if any human being had taken a step back and said, okay, well, the data is telling us this, but is this really the right thing to do? Um, we wouldn't have had that crisis happen. And so this to me is a cautionary tale around judgment. We need human beings who are sitting by and overseeing the judgment calls that the machines are making and assessing, is this really the right thing to do? And that plays nicely with intuition. You know, I'm sure if a person who is standing at that computer looking at the fact that, oh gosh, we have to force a passenger off the plane, he doesn't want to get off the plane, I'm sure if they'd really thought about it, a little voice inside them would be like, yeah, I don't think this is, this is good. But several people just let it go. And as a result, it turned into something that I'm sure United wishes they could forget about um, and, wishes, and wishes the world could forget about. But it is a great, great example of why these two skills in tandem with each other are important. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, now, next skill, let, let, let's talk a bit about creativity. Creativity is important because it is one of those things that humans can use and, and any kind of human, not just somebody who works in the arts. I think we, we tend to limit ourselves by saying, well, I'm not creative because I'm not a designer or I'm not an artist, not an actor. Um, really, all of us have the ability to be creative. And when I define creativity, I define it as coming up with unique solutions to business problems, approaching something in a slightly different way that doesn't have to be rocket science. It doesn't have to be earth shattering, but maybe you've tweaked an existing process, turned it on its head a bit and figured out a, a new way of, of working. And this is something that I think we, we need to hone, meaning we need to practice it. And you can do things that are as simple as taking some time to, to draw, uh, getting in a brainstorming session with some colleagues and just thinking through innovative ideas that, that you might implement, just getting that brain and that muscle working in that way, I think is something that, that really all of us can improve on. We all have that, that inner sense of being able to make something out of nothing or make something work a little bit better than it did before. It's just a matter of practice. And, I, and that is really my key message when it comes to creativity is that everyone has the ability and it's just a matter of using that ability in your everyday work. And it, it's something that a lot of us dismiss 
because we think it's not necessary for our particular job. But again, this is going to be one of those differentiating skills that machines, when it comes to creativity, they don't really know what is subjectively good. I mean, for example, like a machine could write an article, a news article um, that is purely factual. But when it comes to a human interest story, a machine has going to have a really hard time judging whether that is well written and compelling or not. A human being is still going to be necessary to say, you know, is this, a, is this approach with creativity? Is it something people are going to find interesting? Is it something that's going to make people want to read on? Right now, we, we just don't see machines with that capability. And so that's a place that we can, we can really stand out as humans. And the last capability or skill that I'd like to, to hear from you about today is one that uh, I personally don't think uh, the robots will ever really get a handle on, or certainly not in our lifetimes, uh, and that's uh, interpersonal sensitivity. Yeah, well, in fact, of, of all the ones you mentioned, Bill, this, this is the one where machines have made the greatest strides. And the strides that they've made um, are in the form of what is known as effective computing which refers to a machine's ability to recognize, interpret, and replicate human emotions. And where we're seeing that happen now mostly is in the customer service sphere, where you will have, for example, a machine that can monitor the tone of someone's voice to determine how frustrated they are and can direct them to appropriate help given um, how fast they're talking, um, the, the content of what they are saying, and it's really kind of taking the pulse of the mood of the conversation, which prior to this, machines weren't really able to do. Now, I would still say that we, you're right and that we are not looking at machines having any kind of ability like a human being in this respect anytime soon. But we are making strides in it. And so what people are going to need to focus on is the ability to collaborate and develop relationships with other people who they might not have the opportunity to spend a long time with because workplace relationships are forming more quickly and disbanding more quickly than we've ever seen before. And so you have to be able to go in and build rapport pretty quickly with other people. And I think this is something we're not used to doing. In particular, the population that I'm most concerned about when it comes to interpersonal skills are tech workers, are people who have traditionally rested on their laurels because they've had in-demand technical skills. And as a result, they haven't had to develop these interpersonal skills because it was enough that they just sat in a corner and coded. Well, now we see that those coding jobs and, and things that are similar are the first things to be automated away as artificial intelligence gains traction. And so what are we going to do with these people who have tech skills? Well, you're going to have to get some other skills. And some of the ones we've talked about, interpersonal skills, creativity, intuition, and judgment, are going to be especially critical for those people who have not practiced them a lot um, to date. And this can be people who have been in the workforce for a while and just didn't really need to. But it can also be the up and coming generation of young people who have spent their whole lives doing things online and have not had to have face to face conversations or resolve conflicts diplomatically. And this is something that is a major issue for young people coming into the workforce that we as HR professionals and leaders do have to address. Okay, well, live and learn, ladies and gentlemen. Now, uh, what, what can we expect from you at Hacking HR's event on, on uh, uh, the 3rd to the 5th of March? And, and why did you decide to get involved? Well, I love Hacking HR. Um, it's a great organization that's always pushing thinking forward. And what I especially like about it is we don't just talk about 
theoretical ideas that will presumably hit at some point. We talk about things that you need to implement tomorrow in order to help your organization be competitive and successful in the years to come. And so it's a lot, it's very much focused on pragmatic advice. If you're working today, what are some things that you can take home and start doing immediately in order to, to put some of these ideas into practice? And so what I'm going to be talking about is uh, some characteristics around the future of work. I'm going to look at it from a um, what I call a space shuttle perspective. So if you're looking down at the Earth, what are some of the trends that are influencing us on a global level? And then I drill down to society and then organization and then the individual. So we're going to look at the impacts in each of those in each of those places and how they tie together in being able to maximize your human workforce and, and help humans and machines work together more effectively so that you have the best possible business outcome. Super. Well, uh, that just leads me to, to ask one more question of you today, and that's how can our listeners learn more about you, uh, about people results, and, and how also can they maybe get a copy of your most recent book, Humanity Works? Excellent. Well, you can buy Humanity Works on Amazon. You can buy it um, at Barnes & Noble. Pretty much any place that, um, that you can get business books, you can find Humanity Works. And what I recommend to people that they do is just look through the table of contents. If you don't have time to read an entire book, there may be a specific problem you're wrestling with. So look at the table of contents, see what strikes you, and then go to that page and then move on from there. There's no re reason to, to make a huge commitment to reading a 200-page book if you don't have time for that. And uh, you can do it in, in kind of a way that allows you to customize the, the learning for you. Um, with respect to me in general, I would recommend that people check out Alexandra Levitt, L-E-V-I-T dot com. And if there's anything you would like to talk about or you'd like more information about, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. I'm on most of the social networks, and I really enjoy hearing from people about how they're implementing these concepts, uh, how it's working out, some of the things that are keeping them up at night. Uh, this helps me inform uh, future content that I'm going to be developing. So I would love to hear any and all of that. Awesome. Well, that just leaves me to say for today, Alexandra Levitt, mm -hmm. thank you very much for being a guest on this episode of the HR Chat okay. Show. Thanks for having me, Bill. I look forward to the next time. And listeners, as always, until next time, happy working. Thank you for listening to the HR Chat Podcast, brought to you by the HR Gazette.